Welcome to the Come and Belong podcast. I'm your host, Brother Zach Coder. I am so excited to be joined today by Trent Holm, who is just a stellar human being. Uh, I actually got to meet him. Um, my daughter went over to Amman, over to Jordan, and she did an, a humanitarian an HXP trip. And um, Trent here was one of the, the group leaders. What was the official title, Trent? Uh, yeah, it was a trip leader. Okay, I got it right. Yeah. Okay, very cool. And Trent is joining us today. So say hi, Trent. How's it going, everyone? Uh, and you're gonna you're gonna hear it, but he's got a really cool accent. I don't know if that's okay to say, but Trent, fine. You, you're fun to listen to. Okay, so <laughs> here's the deal: um, we like to play a game with all of our guests, and so if that's okay, we're gonna play a little game. Let's do it. Okay, now here's the deal: like uh, I'm gonna play along with you. Okay, this is called Fake or Real. Uh, I'm gonna read a news article. All these stories were published online, but only some of them are real. Okay, okay. so just based on the title. We're gonna we're gonna compete, and I oh, might yeah. even have a prize for the winner. I don't know. Oh, okay. Do you like Dr. Pepper? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Ready? So, n- fake or real? NASA is installing internet on the moon. Uh, that's fake for sure. Fake. Easily fake. I'm gonna say real only because old what's his face Elon is like he's got something up his sleeve. Yeah, okay. So let's let's find out. Here we go. I'll click here. Real? Yes, I won. Okay, this is really happening. NASA is building a 4G network on the moon, enabling them to control lunar robots. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. If it's for robots, then. (laughs) Okay, oh, oh, okay, so if it's for robots, got it, got it, okay. All right, number two, Uh, a university banned the use of capital letters to avoid scaring students. No, that's fake, easily fake. That's got to say fake, too. Okay, let's see, let's see, big reveal. Fake, okay, good, okay, okay. Two to one. Two to one. All right, here we go. Some real guidance given by university was misreported. Okay, to see more. Okay, that's fake. Okay, a couple, so a mom and a dad in California named their baby with emojis instead of letters. Yeah, I reckon that's true. We were just talking about Elon Musk. His okay. baby's name is. <laughs> yeah, what would, you can't what even would, pronounce that. What, what, what would his emoji be? What would his baby's emoji be? Man, probably a rocket ship or something. <laughs> okay, that's true. Okay. I am going to say fake too. I'm going to say. No, no, no. Real, you real, said real. Real, yeah. Oh, I'm saying fake. Okay. Ooh. Fake. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. That one seemed real though. Okay. The story is completely made up and shared by a satirical news site. Okay. All right. All right, eight-year-old girl pulls medieval sword from lake. Is there more context? That's it. There's a there's a beautiful picture of a picturesque mountain and lakes. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but um, I say real. I'm gonna say real too. That was kind of a dumb one. That's okay. Okay, we've all got one. That really happened. A good way to check. Okay, very good. Okay, all right. A German street is covered in chocolate after <laughs> leak from a chocolate factory. I, I feel like th- we would have heard about that. So I'm going to say fake. Okay, I'm going to say real only because it seems like it could happen, but I, I okay, let's see, let's see. Yes, it was real. Trent, I don't mean to be whatever, but I'm kind of <laughs> kicking your butt at this. This is fun. Okay. <laughs> You're right. You think you think we would have heard about that. The delicious accident really happened. A, uh, a ton. Oh, and they spelled ton, T-O-N-N-E, which is, you know, the way they spell it outside. Uh, of chocolate leaked from a chocolate factory 
I'm going to mispronounce that. Can you pronounce that? West Westonen? Got those two dots above the end. The, I don't know the, how to the say the umlaut. that. Okay, uh, covering the pavement. Okay, this was reported by the Washington Post. Okay, this one will be our last one. A school banned parents from sports day for bad behavior. Do they do that kind of thing over there? Like, sports like days? it seemed like the, the last day of school or something, like in middle school, was like sports day and just... Uh, we had swimming carnivals, but... Okay. Yeah, okay. everyone kind of just mucked around at those as well. Okay, okay. So this one says that, yeah, a school banned parents from sports day for bad behavior, like... Oh, it's kind of like like watching my dad at a soccer game. <laughs> He's like always yelling at these like five-year-olds. Block out. Okay. What do you think? Real? I want to say real, but my intuition has proved me nothing. <laughs> so I'm going to say fake and go against what I actually think. Okay. I'm, I'm going to say real only because of my dad. Sorry, dad, if you're listening. Um, okay. Here we go. Here we go. It is real. <sighs> Dude, Trent, I'm sorry, man. I'm really sorry. I'm not, uh, but yeah. I am, but I'm not. Okay. This is real. a school banned parents from attending sports day after becoming too competitive and threatening staff. <laughs> wow. Wow. Those are not the type of parents you want to be. Well, hey, they, thanks for playing. What was the score? I didn't even. I don't know. You won by a landslide. Yes. Though. I like winning things. Trent. <laughs> this is awesome. Well, that's awesome. Thanks for playing. Okay. Okay. Let's switch from the somewhat silly uh, to the somewhat sublime. Tell us a little bit about you, Trent. Um, yeah. You don't have to give us your whole story, but just, yeah. Tell us about you. Okay, um, I was born in New Zealand. I was born in Auckland um, and then moved to Australia when I was like one. Um, and I spent 16, 17 years in Australia and then moved back to New Zealand. So kind of hopped between the two a little bit. Um, and then I came over here to the States for my mission, served in Utah served in salt really? lake okay yeah, it was okay. phenomenal i always get this look from people when i tell them that i served in utah right and they're just like oh how was that okay so that <laughs> was fun <laughs> but it was oh, phenomenal it. um and then i came back here for school to study psychology at byu what what was the i mean how far apart was the mission and and college um eight months okay okay so you yeah. came back pretty quick yeah it awesome. was yeah i got onto that quickly yeah. And then you've just been here ever since. Been here ever since. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, hopped stuff. around the States a little bit. Um, but I'd like to see more of it. Okay. It's a cool place. Well, Good what people. places have you been? Uh, I've been to most of the West Coast. Um, and then I went to Mississippi, Louisiana, Michigan, New York. Dang. Uh, yeah. It's that, that's the way it always is, right? Like, I... I was gonna say oh, I haven't been to all those places, but it's it's kind of like when you live in a place you don't you just kind of yeah, take you know it for the granted. Right? In your own country, <laughs> yeah. Okay, but but not just our country. Like you have been, like lots of places. Can you tell me a little bit about like you're kind of a world traveler, dude? Oh, that's subjective, but <laughs> I, you're right. You're right. But where have you been? Where, um, where have you traveled? I went to Europe, and actually, all of the places, most of the places that I've been, um, have just been like godsend, honestly. Um, I woke up to a text from one of my friends, uh, it was like two in the morning and I woke up to this text and, uh, they'd said, Hey, if I paid for your ticket to come to Prague, would you come? Uh, so was that a real question? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So I did a Europe tour. We went to Czech Republic, Italy, Austria, um, Germany for like two hours. We were going to do a hike there. 
And then for my own stupidity, I left my visa in the States. So we got stuck there and we weren't planning to, but we went to Spain because that was the cheapest way and we had a friend there. So we went and stayed there. Okay. I thought for a second that the the, the, the two-hour Germany stop was maybe because of like a chocolate accident. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we heard about it. We took chisels to the street. Um, and then went to Jordan, to Canada. Um, yeah, hopped, hopped around a little bit. That's so cool. And that kind of, I guess, brings us back around to, to kind of why I invited you to, to, to be with us. Like, tell us, I mean, you've just, you just have this, this, um, this range of experience that a lot of people don't. And I, and I, and tell me a little bit about your job. So I know that you work, um, at BYU in the psychology department with inclusion, but tell us a little bit, speak to that a little bit, like, yeah, what you do. Yeah. Um, so I work in diversity and inclusion, like you said, through the psychology department and pretty much our focus, we have three kind of key pillars that we're focused on. Um, that's education, intersectionality, and peer mentorship. So we, we try to focus on institutional changes and making um, BYU as an institution a more inclusive place um, for minority students, whether that's sexual minorities, racial minorities, neurodiverse students, um, any minority group. We try to make it a more safe, inclusive environment. But then outside of the institutional changes that we're trying to make, uh, we are also focused on changing the student perception of diversity and inclusion. I think that diversity and uh, just people that are different from us kind of, uh, I think for some people that's a little bit scary, whether it's, I don't know how to, uh, I don't know how to interact with this person that's different from me that I've never had experience with. Right. I don't have any friends that, part of minority groups so i don't really know how to interact how do i approach them how do i talk to them yeah 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 um we try to educate people on those sorts of uh in that realm how to be more inclusive yeah tell us a little bit about your efforts like what does that look like um at a a college level like when you say you're you're trying to break down those (coughs) excuse me those barriers and, and and help people be more approachable towards towards minorities like what does that look like what are you guys doing yeah um so at an institutional level we pretty much try to integrate courses that teach uh like psychology of gender multicultural psychology um so that's sort of at the institutional level making sure that the course offerings are yes okay yeah yeah um but then outside of the institutional level when I say that we're trying to make a dent in the student perception, um, we try to do that through education. And I think uh, the most, at least for me, the most powerful form of education is probably humanizing people. So uh, that means sitting down with people, kind of doing like what we're doing um, and just interviewing them and saying, hey, tell me about your experience as uh, a gay man at BYU or tell me your experience as a black woman at BYU what's that been like how can do you have any advice for students um to create a more inclusive environment for you is there any thread you could pick out like as you're sitting down and talking to people and having those interviews what are you hearing does that make sense like what's the common theme that you're hearing from people that I think that most people just want someone to listen to them um, most people just want to be heard and most people 
just want to be seen. Um, and when there's when there's a divisive culture, um, then I think people tend to retreat to their own and push out people that are not like them, that don't look like them, that don't think like them. Um, Which just magnifies the very problem. Exactly. Right, um, for minorities and for the majority as right. well. Because it makes it hard for minorities to break into opportunities that the majority holds. And then it also makes it hard for the majority to open the doors for minority students. Right. Um, and I think there's a certain level of cynicism that we as minority students uh, need to overcome. Um, not saying that's easy, but... W what do you mean? Speak to a little bit about that, like... I don't want to. I don't want to assume that I know what you what you mean when you say that. But when you say there's some cynicism, like, like, as a minority, do you feel like um, you're just assuming things that the majority thinks? Is that what you mean? Um, like how I said I didn't want to put words in your mouth, and then I went ahead and put words in your <laughs> mouth. That wasn't great. No, no, no. You're you're fine. Um, sort of. I think there are some assumptions that we may not have. Um. I actually I'll own my beliefs that I don't have uh grounds to make sometimes. Like the other day I, I can't even remember what it was about, but um I made this claim and then I stopped and thought like actually to be fair, I don't really have evidence to back up what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, okay. So maybe I'm just regurgitating mm. um narratives that I hear. Uh and it's easier to say this assumption yeah yeah whatever the assumption is um that's easier to make but yeah it, it's it's hard to put into words and to explain well let me ask you this trent you said that you stopped yourself you were making an assumption you recognize it is that something that you've just is that an innate gift you have or like is that something you've had to learn like how do because how do you get to a point because i know that we all do it we all just assume things about other people or cultures or groups or whatever and if I'm speaking for myself, then I think that um, that's I think that's a practice skill, and working all day every day in what I'm doing, then okay. I've started to recognize where some of my own biases lie, and challenging um, those, and be able to change those. Okay. But I think as far as if I'm looking out and um, uh, correcting assumptions that I have towards other people then I would say that it's probably proximity that does that. I have this friend in India and she's a scammer. So I <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I was I was working this job that I really didn't enjoy. Um and I got a call from a scam number and I thought it was funny just because I could get a rise out of them. So okay. they got angry and then I was like, oh, maybe I like while I'm working this job, um, I wanted to spice up my day a little bit. So <laughs> I made a Google voice account. I made a new, a uh, new email and this whole new identity. <laughs> and uh, I started, I found a Reddit board and I started calling these scam numbers. Um, Initially, just because I thought it was funny to get a rise out of them. And then after that, uh, I realized, oh, I can get them to open up about the scamming process. So then mm -hmm. once they divulged that to me, um, 
I thought maybe I can get them to open up about their lives. Mm. So I started toying with different um, approaches on how to make someone feel comfortable and build trust with them quickly. And I found that singing and rapping <laughs> to these scammers, like right when they picked up the phone, uh, kept them on the phone. And I guess it, I guess it piqued their curiosity. Probably like, spiced up their day. Yeah, like, <laughs> what's this guy doing? Um, but I sung Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas to one of them. Anyways, long story short, we started emailing and then we started FaceTiming. Mm. Um, and my perception, initially my perception of scammers was you're doing a terrible thing. Um, why would you do this to anyone? Right. Which I still kind of hold. Sure. But that, that goes into you're a terrible person. and Right. right but right. then that transformed as I built a genuine friendship with this one person. Uh, that view transformed into I see why you're doing this. And now I understand you a little bit better and I see the human side of you more. So I think those assump the assumptions that I did have about scammers, they were changed through proximity to and building a genuine friendship with with one person. Okay. So is it fair to say then <coughs> if we're going to talk about inclusion and I, I don't know, there's sometimes I feel like there's buzzwords we throw around that kind of lose me meaning, right? Like belonging and inclusion or whatever. But if, if, if we're going to break it down, it's, it's just really about getting to know a person and, and seeing past those assumptions that we, we think and giving it a chance before we, build those assumptions or tear those assumptions down. hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, cool. Let me ask you this question. The name of this podcast is come and belong. And, um, that's one of the reasons I wanted you on. You just have, I mean, no pun intended, maybe pun intended. I don't know, but you have a, a diverse background mm -hmm. and, um, again, like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a middle-aged white guy. <laughs> right. So like, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand, uh, or I don't, I, maybe that's not the right word. I don't, I'm not in that spot that a lot of people who feel outside, who feel like they're part of a minority. Do you, so me asking this question, I, I hope it, it it's okay. Do you really feel like there's a place for everybody at the table? Do you really feel like there's a place for people, everybody in the church or everybody? Do you feel like there's a place for everybody? Like, honestly. Um, honestly, I feel like that we have some of the most inclusive, I think that the doctrine of Jesus Christ is, is the most inclusive, uh, formula or it's the most inclusive framework that I know of. To me, the, the pinnacle of the gospel of Jesus Christ is charity, um, or the crowning characteristic of Jesus Christ is charity. Mm. And I, th I think there's a lot that goes into that. But I think the vehicle to achieving inclusivity is charity. It's well put. I think the scriptures would agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me ask you this then. And this is a tough question. It might be a little bit, it's not loaded. That's not the right way to put it. But it's a tough question to answer because I realize people are people. Um, and I want to be careful how I ask it because, anyway, I'll just ask it. I'll just shut up. Okay, <laughs> here we go. So what I want to ask you is... Um, what can we as a people do, um, a people within this church, what can we do to increase 
a sense of belonging for everybody. And an elephant of a question. I know, I know um, it's huge. And, and <laughs> we could probably talk about it all day, but just like if there's one or two things you've seen in your line of work um, that, that, that actually move the needle that make a difference. Um, I think it was, I think president Iring gave a talk where he said, God doesn't care about a well oiled machine having his church run like a well-oiled machine. He cares about the development of people. So I think that uh, leaving space for people's development um, and giving people opportunities, which I think that, um, honestly, the, f- the church does quite a good job at um, giving people the opportunity to v- develop their character, even if it's, I don't want to say expense, but even if it's at the expense of a ward or a stake or whatever, um, I think that the Savior gives us the opportunity to develop. So maybe we need to be a little bit more, I was going to say permissible, but maybe a little bit more lenient with people that are taking baby steps, whether that is minority groups that say sexual minorities that are feeling scared to come to church um and you're at church like that's huge that's awesome you've overcome a fear that's a mountain um yeah yeah um and maybe one day that like you said maybe that mountain seemed insurmountable one day but you've peaked and you've come to the top of the mountain and you'll probably find that uh that maybe there's more base camps up where you thought was the top and that's okay you can take a rest for now and I think that we as a church should be lenient with people that are just kind of, they've summited and we're letting them rest that right now. Oh, that's so well put, dude. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be sitting in the big red chair someday. <laughs> and now Elder not from the Quorum of the Twelve. Okay. <laughs> um, I, no, and I, I'm, I'm being a little bit facetious, but not really. I love what you said because I have felt that like more and more the older I've gotten. We all talk about assumptions sometimes we assume that you know because we believe the church is you know the church of jesus christ that everything is going to be perfect about it but you're right mm-hmm. I, and i think i think you're right like sometimes i i do like i i think it's the miracle of the church that we get these imperfect people and at the expense of sometimes a ward or a, or a program or something we let an imperfect person r- run with something and we go oh, that's not how i would have done it mm-hmm. i know i'm guilty of that and i'm working so hard on it you can ask my wife like i've had a rough summer just like <laughs> Like, like you said, like I need to be better at being giving people permission to to rest at the base camp. I love how you. Oh, that. all of us, all of us do. I I'm guilty of that as well. I'd also say that um that celebrating celebrating when someone is standing at the m- the bottom of the mountain as well. Yeah. Just even just looking up. Beautiful. Like thinking about maybe coming to church, even if they don't show up, they don't yeah. even start on the mountain. Like yeah. you had the thought. That's awesome. We're told that even if we have a particle of faith. I think even having the thought to act on yeah. act on something good yeah. is that's exercising a particle of faith. This is going to be a weird question, but are you sure you weren't like stalking me today? Because the reason I ask <laughs> that, like I'm up in Proa right now, I'm speaking at FSY, and I literally just got through teaching that very principle. Like in mm-hmm. Genesis, there's there's this cool part where like I don't know if you remember, but like Abraham and Lot. Um, lots in, 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 in a bad spot and he has to get 
you know, rescued by angels. And, and God gives Lot a commandment. He says, escape, because I'm about to destroy this place. Escape to the mountain. And, and Lot turns around and tells God, no, I can't. I can't. He, and he was afraid. He said, I can't, but I can give you, I can't give you a mountain today, but I can give you this little city. And I think it's so cool because he says, oh Lord, can I escape thither? It is, it, is it not a little one? It, and he says it like several times in the verse. He's like, I can just give you a little bit today. They actually even named the town that he escaped to Zoar, which means little thing. Hmm. He's like, I can only give you a little thing. Is that okay? And like, God goes, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I love how you said that. We need to celebrate people who are like not even close to the mountain, but they've done something that to us looks little, but to them was like, wow, that's huge. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. Trent, um, would you mind just, uh, sharing any last thoughts you have, uh, including, you know, your testimony, uh, and and like how you've tried to come closer to the savior and and find a belonging in him. Yeah. Um, I think that the way that I have tried to come closer to the savior is by learning about the, m- the complexity and the multi-dimensionality of, like it. that's word. a word. It is. Um, the multi-dimensionality of the Savior and recognizing the characteristics that I already know about him. Uh, like he's loving, he always stands with his hands outstretched, but trying to know his words um, and learn about, learn about what the Savior has, has taught in his own words um so recently i've i've been making more of an effort to read the gospels because that's where we hear the savior talk um and i've been stuck on matthew 5 for i don't know how long (laughs) like one verse in that the beatitudes you could spend a lifetime I think profound. That. Yeah, you could spend a lifetime studying just those few chapters. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say, I come closer to the Savior when I read His words, um, and I I love the words of the prophets, and I believe the prophet is a mouthpiece for God. But to me, there's just something powerful about reading the words that come out of Jesus Christ's mouth. Um, and trying to, when I learn about the multi-dimensionality of him, trying to incorporate that into my own life, very imperfectly, mm. stumbling through that, but mm. um, I feel closer to him when I try to apply teachings from his mouth. Um, and then I think just looking looking for the Savior uh, throughout the day and through people, and seeing the good in other people, I come to know the Savior better. Yeah. That's awesome. Trent, thank you so much. It has been an absolute pleasure to get to know you. Um, we were talking a little bit before. I can't. I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but <clears throat> again, my daughter got to spend some time over there with you, and that was just a life-changing experience. And, and something you just said, like that multidimensionality, there's something about getting outside of yourself and, 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 and seeing people not behavior necessarily, not, but, but seeing people, uh, just changes you. So I, I just, as a father, I appreciate what you've done to help my daughter grow that way. And, uh, I know what you're doing here at the college is, is going to help people break down barriers and break down walls. And, uh, I thank you. What you've said has touched my heart and made me want to be more open to diversity and inclusivity and, uh, and 
and celebrating people at their base camps. I love mm. that. So appreciate Trent, it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. And I just want to remind everybody that this podcast is not affiliated with nor endorsed as an official production of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. All words and opinions expressed by participants are solely their own and do not reflect official doctrine of the church. 